Trevor Woods here from the Block M Podcast and Philly the Fan for Sports Network. Today we are previewing Purdue at Michigan. It's a rematch of the Big Ten Championship from last season. A lot of things have changed since then for Purdue. They have a new head coach. They have a new quarterback. And we're going to get into all that and how the Purdue season has gone to this point. Today, to get me some insight into the Boilermakers, the 2023 edition, is Sam King from the Journal and Courier of Lafayette. How are we doing today, Sam? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, really good. Looking forward to a game. A lot of noise around the Michigan program in the midst of a bye week. So from this writer's perspective, I can't wait to go to a game and talk about the football stuff again. But let's talk about Purdue for a moment. Purdue, they are 2-6 and six on the season. Um, not what not where they wanted to be this year, but that's kind of part of the course when there's such a change in coaching staff. And Jeff Brom, he left the program, departed for Louisville. Purdue replaced Brom with somebody that Michigan fans know in Ryan Walters, who was the defensive coordinator at Illinois. What did the Brom departure, how did that impact the program and how has Walters been able to put his own stamp on the program to this point? What's been his message? It, because it's certainly from the outside looking in seems a bit like a transition year where a new culture is trying to be instilled. Unfortunately, when there was a coaching change for Purdue, um, that also meant several players jumping in the transfer portal. And, and that happens whether there's a coaching change or not. But I think you probably got more than uh, you typically would because of the coaching change. And on top of that, uh, it, it really hurt Purdue having five players selected in the NFL draft. It's great for the program. It's a nice thing to hang your hat on um, if you're telling recruits, hey, you, you can come here and, and get to the NFL. But at the same time, when you lose that many really talented players, you're going to see a, a little bit of a dip. Um, <clears throat> what was uh, maybe initially frustrating for Purdue fans was uh, the Boilermakers are always known as this high-flying uh, offense, kind of throwing the ball over the yard, and then uh, you hired a, a defensive coordinator to be your next head coach. And and I think fans were a little lenient to, like, accept that. Uh, and then, uh, he, you know, Ryan Walters goes out and hires Graham Harrell, who college football fans surely remember from from what he did at Texas Tech. And, and it seemed to be maybe, okay, we've got a, a, a guy who's going to bring the air raid here, and Purdue's still going to do what it does offensively. Uh, and, and it did for the early portion of the season, but there's been a lot of injuries to the offensive line. There's been injuries at receiver, uh, tight end. Um, the quarterback is, has been hurt, but he's he's played through it. And I don't think, you know, the offense has kind of fallen off from where it was early in the season. But uh, that said, the defense seems to be playing much better uh, here as of late. Uh, if, you, if you remove the Ohio State game, which was uh, – you know, probably a situation where it was just Ohio State had more talent on offense than Purdue had on defense. But I think that you're starting to see now what this program can be um, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, a lot of the things that worked at Illinois are starting to work with the personnel. And, and I think that's only going to get better as Ryan Walters and his staff bring in their own guys. Right now, it's, you know, it's a lot of guys that they grabbed out of the transfer portal or players who are maybe playing a different role or a different position because this defense is so unique compared to uh, what those players were brought in to play. So I think that's where you're seeing the the impact now. We're starting to see what 
what made Ryan Walters, you know, a head coaching candidate, not only at Purdue, but at some other schools as well um, with what the defense has been able to do, but uh, going up against Michigan and with what, uh, what JJ McCarthy is doing over on and really seems to have a, you know, a control of that offense. I think this is a different animal that Purdue's going to see on Saturday night. And speaking of Walters and his defense in mind, Michigan, their closest game of the year, besides their loss to TCU, was a 19-17 to win against Illinois. Michigan had to score nine unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win that one. Walters' defense coordinator, Illinois, it was a cold day, around 90-degree wind chill, hard-hitting defense. They are flying around the football. What can Michigan expect schematically from this Purdue defense? What has it been looking like? I know that Jim Harbaugh, for example, has commended the edge rushing abilities of the Purdue defense. Oh, and he should because uh, Kadron Jenkins and Nick Scorton, I believe, are the top two in the Big Ten and tackles for loss and uh, maybe the top two in sacks. I know Jenkins leads the Big Ten in sacks, but Scorton, if he's not second, he's third. Uh, those two have been uh, what you would expect, and they were both very excited when uh, this defense was implemented because it allowed them just to pretty much go after the quarterback. And uh, for the most part, those two guys have done a great job at that. Uh, what's been the struggle is it seems like every game that Purdue's had a chance to win and hasn't, uh, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, um, whoever it might be, Fresno State, it seems like there's two or three just really big plays, like 70-yard touchdowns, things like that, that – end up being the the difference. And, you know, for the game at Iowa, it was a 67-yard run up the middle, for example. Um, last week, Nebraska had a huge, hit a huge pass play that uh, made this game, you know, kind of out of reach. Uh, but, you know, dating back to that game you're talking about last year with Illinois, had Illinois won that game, I believe uh, that Purdue would not have been playing Michigan in the Big Ten title game. I think Illinois would have ended up the Big Ten West champ, if I remember correctly. So kind of weird how that all worked out. Um, but, yeah, I, I would expect Michigan to see something different this week than maybe is seen on film from Purdue because, quite frankly, I'm, I'm sure if the Purdue coaches are realistic, they know that they are outmatched going into this game when you look at Michigan's offense versus Purdue's defense. So, I would expect something a little bit different, some different packages, um, and an opportunity for for Squirton and, and for Jenkins to maybe make some plays in, in a different manner. Now, moving to the offensive side of the equation, Michigan saw a veteran who seemed like he was there forever last year in the Big Ten Championship game for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. O'Connell, he is actually going to be starting for Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has been benched, head coach there. Josh McDaniels has been fired. So Purdue fans are going to be really excited, I assume, this weekend to see O'Connell. But back to the current Purdue team, got a quarterback in Hudson Card who, just looking at his stats, and you fill me in here, Sam, filling the, uh, the blanks and the rest, but uh, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, 59.4%. Completion percentage seems like he's had some ups and downs this season. How has he been progressing? How has he been trending of late? I, I think he's probably regressed, uh, to be honest. And part of that is uh, dating back to 
a game against Illinois on September 30th. He uh, he got hurt. He's had some shoulder issues, and I don't think any of us know the real extent of how much pain he was in, but uh, Hudson Card tried to keep playing. Uh, he actually did keep playing and uh, hasn't looked like the same quarterback since. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, coming back into form, uh, partially against Nebraska, but I don't think it's the same quarterback who started the year. It's definitely – not the quarterback that was here in the spring that all we heard was was how great uh, Hudson Card was, how Purdue thought he was the best quarterback in the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, he got a, a nice little incentive in today's NIL world uh, to transfer from Texas to Purdue. So you expect a guy to come in with, you know, he was recruited by everybody who was anybody out of high school to come in here and uh, light the world on fire. And I don't think that uh, Purdue fans have seen Hudson Card really take over a game yet. Uh, there was a really nice drive at Virginia Tech uh, where he had the game-winning touchdown run uh, that showed some signs of life, but that was the second game of the year. And since then, it's been, you know, he, he's taken a lot more sacks than he probably needs to. He trusts his his legs to get out of situations, and sometimes that turns into a situation where, you got to throw the ball away or, or take a five-yard sack, and he turns it into a 15-yard loss uh, trying to outrun some guys. But uh, he's definitely got playmaking abilities and, and can extend plays. He did it last week at Nebraska, rolled out to the right, avoided a couple defenders, and then threw a 28-yard touchdown. But for every time we see something like that, we see him losing a lot of yards on a sack, and I, I think it's probably frustrating for him. Uh, I know that it seems like there was a meeting this week where the coaches told him, you just do your job and throw the ball where it's supposed to go when it's supposed to be there. And you've got to trust that the receiver is in the right place and that your line's going to block and, and everything like that. And maybe that's been an issue where he's, he's maybe trusting himself more than his teammates uh, to do what they're supposed to do. So I'm interested to see, you know, if that message resonates because he's surely going to be under fire this week. Uh, quite a bit, especially when you look at how many times he's been sacked and what happens when you can put pressure on him. You mentioned the, you know, the seven interceptions and some of those are just kind of throwing the ball up and and blind faith that uh, your receiver is going to go make a play. Uh, sometimes he does. Sometimes it turns into an interception. And, and last week it was a, a backbreaking interception and a, a crucial moment in the game that uh, you just couldn't afford to have. So, uh, you know, to answer your question in short, I think that um, Purdue fans would probably tell you they've been disappointed in what they've seen from him. Um, but I think that there's a lot of potential there that this is still a guy who could be a really good quarterback. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. He has three receivers with over 25 receptions. However, one interesting thing I saw looking at the stats is only one target. I'm not talking just receiver. I'm talking receiver, tight end, running back, fullback, whatever, only one player has more than one receiving touchdown on the Purdue roster this season, and that is Deion Burks. Burks has five of them babies, five touchdown grabs. Is he the sheer fire number one go-to guy on Purdue's offense, or is that stat semi-misleading? Uh, I would say he is. He's established himself as that, but – a lot of his numbers came early in the year too. And, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that people pegged him as this is a, a guy who could be a breakout star. And I don't want to say it's a problem, but the thing that happened was 
that seemed to be the case early because he was putting up big yards. Uh, basically, was the guy that that Hudson Card would look to in, in situations uh, where you needed a big play. And eventually, teams see that on film, and it's like, okay, we've got a scheme to make sure Deion Burks doesn't doesn't beat us over the top. And once you took that away, it's been harder and harder for uh, receivers to uh, to make plays uh, to support that. Uh, Abdur Rahman Yassin is a guy who I think can help you in that regard. He's been hurt and missed the last couple of games. It sounds like he's uh, possibly going to give it a go at Michigan, uh, and that would be a big help for Purdue. But the guy that was kind of the safety valve early in the year was a freshman tight end named Max Clare, uh, and he got hurt and has been out for, I think, four weeks now, and he's not coming back. So that's that's hurtful for sure. Um some other receivers have started to emerge here as of late. Uh, Jane Dixon Veal is a, a guy who caught a touchdown last week and the last couple of games has filled in for uh, Yassine and, and done pretty well. Uh, had a couple of first down grabs early at Nebraska as well. And he seems like he's a guy that maybe as the season goes on uh, can emerge as maybe another go-to target. But right now, it, it, you're right, it has been pretty much uh, can Deion Burks bail us out in the passing game. And uh, the passing game has not, definitely not been Purdue's strength. And going back to what we talked about, uh, Purdue's offense is, is known for great quarterbacks that uh, go on and play on the in the NFL. And uh, right now, the strength of the offense, if there is a strength, has been the running game. And let's get into the running game. Uh, a walk-on, a former walk-on in the form of Devin Mockaby, I believe uh, it was Walter's perhaps first appearance in front of the team, a team meeting, auditorium type setting, and he offered Maccabee a scholarship. Did I get that right? Yeah, the the day he was uh, brought in and met with us and had the press conference and the whole, you know, uh, bringing all the administration in and, and all the hoopla that comes with hiring a new football coach, uh, later that night, I believe it was, that he walked into the team meeting room and and the first thing he said is, is where's Devin? And Maccabi stood up in the middle of the room and he said, Hey, uh, this won't let you know you're on scholarship. So, and it was deserved. The guy almost rushed for a thousand yards last year. And I don't think he really even played a lot until fourth or fifth game of the year. So uh, he was never going to get a chance last year if it wasn't for a couple of running backs in front of him getting hurt. And uh, sometimes you stumble into these things and it turns out, Hey, there's a really good running back that, uh, I think he only had one division one offer out of high school and he ended up passing up on that to be a walk on at Purdue. So yeah. and uh, Maccabi, he made some really good plays in the big 10 championship game against Michigan and a guy, another guy in Michigan, will forget who's no longer with them, but uh, Charlie Jones, man, what a performance. Back to Maccabi, he is the leading ball carrier for Purdue this year. Difference a year makes, like you said, last year, there were some injuries and you know, nobody really thought Maccabi was going to really, factor much into the equation at running back for Purdue and not only that fast forward to 2023 and he has had the lion's share of the carries he has 112 carries compared to the next closest running back at 60 and averaging a respectable for 4.6 yards per carry for touchdowns of course if there's more production at the quarterback position that would lessen the burden on Maccabi and the boxes we stack uh, a bit less but how would you evaluate Maccabee this year? Uh, the, the biggest issue is 
he had one fumble last year, and I think he's got seven now this year. And That's last a lot. Week, <laughs> yeah, he three of them were against Syracuse. Um, one of them probably wasn't his fault, where it was a bad exchange between the quarterback and running back that I think he got faulted for maybe uh, unfairly, but it still goes on his stats. Last week, he had a great run early against Nebraska. He broke a couple tackles, made a guy miss, and picked up, a, I think, 14 or 15 yards, and somebody came from behind and just punched the ball out. So he's got to be more, um, you know, careful with the football, and, and he has been as of late. Uh, it seemed like he really got over those fumbling issues until last week, and it was maybe more of a fluke thing where he was making a play, and in doing so, he he pulled his arm out from his body and tried to, to make something happen, and it got punched out from behind. But uh, he also uh, got – I don't want to say bench, but he uh, was kind of relegated to the number two back earlier in the year when all those fumbles were happening and Tyrone Tracy uh, became the starter and, and Tyrone Tracy has been spectacular this year. He, uh, you mentioned the carry, this, uh, the, the difference in carries uh, Tyrone Tracy got hurt very early in the Iowa game and then did not play against Ohio state. So basically there's two games there where he didn't have any carries uh, or it would probably be a lot more balanced between those two. But uh, he did start last week at Nebraska, uh, Tracy did, and it seemed like they were more sharing the load. Uh, and I think it's it's a better backfield when those two are getting even carries. Uh, and then you throw Dylan Downing in the mix too. He's a, a change of pace guy where, um, you know, Maccabee's a, a guy that's going to make you miss and juke you and do things like that. Tyrone Tracy's kind of a speedster, and then Dylan Downing is just a, a power back. And I think that Purdue was banking on kind of that combination being lethal for them this year. And um, it has been at times, but not maybe consistently. Um, but but Tracy being healthy is huge. And I think that uh, you probably will see more balance this week between those two getting the the carries. What are your expectations for the game Saturday? What's your gut telling you? Oh, well, I mean, I've watched this team – all year and, and right now the offense is really struggling and you're down to like your ninth and 10th lineman almost. Um, I think this is a, you're asking an awful lot for Purdue to go to the big house in a primetime game and try to pull off a, a monumental upset. But it seems like every three or four years, you know, it's almost a joke here where it's the most Purdue thing ever where Purdue goes and pulls something off that nobody expected, whether that's, uh, winning uh, against number two Iowa a couple years ago or winning against Ohio State, uh, you know, in a nationally televised game on ESPN, whatever it is. But I, I just don't see that happening. I think this is going to be a game where even with all of the um, off-field uh, distractions maybe that Michigan has right now, I think it's a situation where you tell, you know, Coach Harbaugh is probably telling that team it's it's us against the world and everybody's waiting for us to lose so they can celebrate right now uh, I think Michigan's going to be really focused and I I don't think that Purdue can match player for player against Michigan so it's going to take some sort of you know miraculous stroke of luck and some trick plays and perfect ex execution for uh, an entire 60 minutes for Purdue to even have a chance but uh, I would lean more towards you know probably Michigan scoring in the 40s and Purdue scoring in the teens I think that the future looks good with if you look at Purdue's recruits for the upcoming years there's some, uh, you know, a lot more stars than we're used to seeing commit to Purdue um, in terms of, you know, how they're rated uh, from recruiting rankings and things like that. But uh, this year, to even make a bowl game, Purdue has to win four straight games here. And I don't see that happening. And then 
maybe after this week, it's, I don't know this for certain, but I would say this is, that's a point where Purdue starts plugging some other guys in just to see what you have for the future. Because at that point, you're, you're not really playing for anything more than pride. Sam, thanks so much for coming on. You want to tell people where they can follow you on social media and where they can read your articles and all your great insights online. Yeah. Um, so I have pretty much a Purdue football story every day. Um, this week, you know, right now it's from uh, Ryan Walters. Monday press conference was just kind of more of the injuries. And then uh, yesterday I talked to uh, Daniel Johnson, who's a Canadian offensive lineman who's now playing left tackle. Um, sixth year senior kind of finally getting his chance because of all those injuries, but he's really excited to, to go get a start at the, at the big house. So uh, there's that. And then there'll be some more stories this week at jconline.com. Uh, or you can follow me uh, on on Twitter, X, whatever it is, and Instagram, at Samuel T. King. Before I get out of here today, let's talk about Manscaped. Every man knows how scary it can get when going for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped. Their newest package contains the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth-generation trimmer features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It also has dual LED spotlights to provide contrast and multiple skin tones, three link setting films, and perhaps best of all, it's waterproof. Also included is a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. Join the 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all their grooming needs and use the promo code m 20 to get free shipping and 20% off your order. Head to manscaped.com and use that promo code m 20 at checkout. 20% off your entire order. And this has been Trevor Woods from the Block M Podcast, an affiliate of the Fan First Sports Network. You can follow me on social media at Woods Football, and I'll be talking to you again for another podcast at the conclusion of Michigan-Purdue for the Post Game Reaction Podcast. Take care, Michigan fans.